If you have your Bibles, please return to the book of Genesis chapter 37. We're going to be looking at the dream that Joseph had. A dream that God gave to Joseph. And uh, just what that means for you and me in our lives this year. How many of you dream? How many of you dream with your eyes open? You know, there are all kinds of dreams that we have. Uh, sometimes we dream because there's an anxiety that is uh, operating in our lives or uncertainty. Sometimes we dream because uh, it's just, you know, fantasy that's going on in our brain. Or it's just biochemical things that are happening in our brain. Sometimes we dream because uh, we're just hoping for something brighter or better. But... Uh, there's a kind of dream that I want to talk about today which has nothing to do with biochemistry or anxiety or uncertainty, but it's to do with the will of God. It is dreams that God gives to human beings so as He can purpose us for our assignment on the earth. And uh, God can choose to speak to us in many number of ways because he's God and he has that privilege and right and prerogative. But we've seen through Bible history that God has always made his plans and his purposes clear for every person, for every season, for every group of people, for every nation. He has always clarified what his plans are for them. And one of the things about God is he's a great communicator. And he would always communicate what he needed us mortal human beings to understand. So as we could fulfill God's plans and purposes on this earth. Each one of you have been created with purpose. Each one of you have been given an assignment, whether you discover that or not, is a different matter. But there is an assignment and a calling and a mantle upon your life to achieve something on this earth which is much greater than just living each day. It is an assignment and a mantle that is much greater than where you are today and who you are today. And the, the great beauty and adventure of our relationship with God, no matter what our age is, is to to figure that out, to understand it and to begin to connect with it and begin to do whatever we need to do to allow God to work in and through our lives. Joseph was a young man. He was 17 when he has his first dream. And the Bible tells us this wonderful story of Joseph having a dream. And I'm picking up in the verse 5. Sorry, yeah, verse 5. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before me. The dream that Joseph had was 
was something that he knew was not un, was not normal. It was outstanding. It was different to what perhaps he'd experienced before. Now it is true that Joseph had a few privileges in the family. Amongst his brothers, he stood out to his father. His father, the Bible says, loved him more than all the other sons that he had. A bit unfair for the other 12 of them, but that was what it was. And so there was already some friction amongst the relationships with these young men. That Joseph was somehow seen to be the sweeter, brighter, more favored amongst the brothers. But God divinely chooses to deposit something into Joseph's imagination. You see, dreams, when God gives you a dream, he always deposits it into your imagination. Where does he deposit it? Our imagination is our thought processes. Which is why the Bible encourages us to make sure that we think right. Because our thoughts can filter out the dreams and the purposes of God. Or they can embrace them and allow them to become real in our lives. And thankfully for Joseph, he seemed to have a pretty rounded self-esteem of himself he embraced the dream that God gave him and he was brazen enough to share it with his brothers that created further jealousy his brothers responded so you think you will be king do you do you actually think you will reign over us and they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. He then tells his dream to his brother, to his father. And it says in verse 9, soon Joseph had another dream. And again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed down low before me. If not to think the first dream was bad enough, the second dream seemed even greater. All of the universe was bowing down to Joseph. And his brothers had had enough. And here's what I want you to understand. When God gives you a dream, it is always something that is much greater than you. It will always be something that is not about you. It will always be something about and for the benefit of others. And it will always be something that is beyond your ability and capacity to achieve. God plants the seeds of his dreams into the soil of our imagination. What does he do? He plants the seeds of his dreams into the soil of our imagination. And so it is important for us in this year to allow the soil of our imagination to be prepared for whatever God divinely wants to deposit into your lives this year. Which is why I am planning the living free 
course beginning on the 26th of January and we'll follow through with that because I want to help you to prepare your hearts which is your mind to receive and allow for the seeds of God's dreams to be sown into the soil of your imagination. Now God did a good job in working with Joseph. He understood that God was doing something in and through his life. But Joseph was nowhere prepared for what was to happen the subsequent years to come after he spoke about his dream. You see, Joseph hadn't quite had a relationship with God like we have today. He just knew and believed in Jehovah God because that was what he'd have been taught as the son of Isaac. He'd have been taught to believe, sorry, the son of Jacob. He'd have been taught to believe in this Jehovah God who had brought his grandfather out and the son Isaac who then had the whole nation of Israel to lead and Jacob now is part of that. And so he'd have grown up with the, with the, the wealth of the legacy of Abraham in his life. And so in a sense there was that God awareness that Joseph had. And God works with that and he begins to prepare Joseph for something that will be significant years from now. But Joseph had to do something. What did Joseph have to do? He had to believe God. Your starting point in trusting, in allowing God to work in through your life is beginning with believing that God can. Joseph just assumed that. He didn't know anything different. But now us as believers in the New Testament, we are so complicated. Is this God speaking to me? Did I have too much chole batura last night? What really is that? Or is that really God directed? I mean, is it just my fantasy? Is it just me wishful thinking? Oh, God's never come through for me before. So how could he be even wanting to go and do this to me? Because he's let me down so many times before. Come on, how many of you have said that to God? My experience is that God doesn't come through. So if that is your experience, your belief is what? That God cannot. And so even if God wills. He cannot. So you have got to alter. That core belief. That says I know God can. The second thing. Is you have got to believe in yourself. Now some people are just so self-confident, aren't they? They walk into a room and they set it on fire. You give them a mic and they can just go for it. You ask them to do something and there is no dithering. They just get the job done. At least that's what you think. All of us deal with insecurities of different kinds. All of us deal with thought patterns that would make us not believe in ourselves. There's something about Joseph is that he believed in himself. Do you know why Joseph believed in himself? Because he enjoyed the approval of his father. Fatherly approval does something to self-confidence. 
And so we look to our earthly fathers, whoever they may be, for approval. And when that doesn't come, we live our lives subjected to that confused relationship between approval, acceptance, and can I, will I, is, am I any good? And we begin to create a mindset and a belief system that is completely contrary to what God would want us to have. And so we've got to learn to filter that out. Our earthly fathers fail us, but our heavenly father always approves of you. Amen. And so if we can connect with the approval of God, our heavenly father in our lives, we can begin to believe in God and also in turn begin to believe in ourselves. That it is possible that God would choose me. In all my inadequacies, with all my challenges, and whatever yours may be, God somehow sovereignly chooses to work in and through you and me. We see it historically in the Bible. God never looked for the smartest, greatest, fanciest. He looked for the most available. He looked for the heart that was leaning in on him. He looked for the person that was willing to be molded and shaped by him. And when we allow our lives and yield our lives to the handwork of God, he creates something in and through us that will be marvelous on this earth. And so Joseph believed in God. Joseph believed in himself. The third thing Joseph did is he believed the dream. So many of us, God has divinely deposited things in your minds. If I was to sit down with you one on one, ask you, what, what's your dream? What do you feel God's call called? What do you feel God's call is upon your lives? For some of you say, I'm living it, I'm loving it, I'm enjoying it, I'm just going for it, but I've got to deal with some things, and you keep going. For some of you think, oh, I'm biting nails, I'm still trying to figure it out, I'm still trying to figure it out, I'm still trying to figure it out. That's okay, wherever you're at. If you can be real with yourself, and you can learn these simple principles, you can begin to open up the doors to seeing what God has for you in a completely new life. You might call it revelation, but let me tell you, it was always there. It's just that you will begin to see it now. Why? Because the veil of unbelief is being removed. That is something that the Spirit of God does when you yield your thoughts to Him. And you allow him to do that inner work in you that only he can do. Joseph believed in God. Joseph believed in himself. Joseph believed his dream. Now there's one thing I'd like to say to Joseph looking back is shut up. I remember years ago we were in London and God divinely deposits something rather unusual 
that had never been done in London into Naomi's thoughts. And together we prayed and we felt this is what God was wanting us to do. And we sought the counsel of our senior pastor. We went to my remember to this day, sitting in his home and saying, this is what we believe God has given us. And it's something that he's calling us to do for the city of London. It had never been done before. Two young people. We were probably 30-something. And he listened to us. He prayed with us. He believed in us. And then he said, I want to give you counsel. He said, don't tell too many people just yet what your dream is. Do you know why? Because there are dream killers out there. God gives you a divine dream. And like Joseph, what did he do? He told his brothers. Not once, but twice. He told them. Now, did his brothers hate Joseph so much that they wanted to kill Joseph? Do you think they were so horrible? No. They were just so inflamed with jealousy. That they didn't want to kill Joseph. They wanted to kill his dream. Because why hadn't God given something to me? What is so special about you Joseph? That God would not give me something to dream as big. Hello. If, he, if each of those brothers kept their minds open to God. He would have. He could have. In them targeting Joseph, I don't believe they were trying to kill their dearly beloved brother. What they were trying to do is to kill the dream that God had given to Joseph. The thing is, when God gives you a dream, you, have, you take responsibility for it the moment you proclaim it. As long as you don't proclaim it, you can say, it's not my dream. Don't kill me. But as soon as you declare it, you take responsibility for it. As soon as you declare your dream, all of heaven is behind you and all of hell is against you. That's what happened to Joseph. The moment he declared his dream, in all sincerity and in all faith, all of heaven began to say, boy, he's dreaming, he's declaring it, he's saying it. Come on, guys, angels, get ready, get working, help this young boy to achieve God's plans and purposes. And all of hell was saying, oh, I was waiting for him to declare it. Oh, boy, we're going to get him now. We're going to get rid of this guy. Plans, plans, plan A, plan B, plan C. Throw him in a pit. That didn't work. Let's put him in prison. That didn't work. Let's falsely accuse him. That didn't work. Let's do something even worse. Do you know what? No plan that the enemy has fashioned for you will. Against your assignment. If you stand in your place of assignment. If you walk in the, with the dream that God has given you. No human being. No organization. No bunch of people. No groups of people. Nothing can hinder the plans and purposes of God from being fulfilled in your life other than just one person. And do you know who that is? You. 
So I want you to open up your minds this year to the infinite possibilities of what God can do in and through you. If your dream is simply about you, I challenge you to think bigger. To go to God and say, God, life isn't all about me. There's an assignment on my life. What is it that I could be doing that would influence generations from now? Each one of you, I know. And we're going to help you to discover that. And we're going to give you whatever we can as your leaders to fuel you into that place where God wants you and needs you to be however long it takes. But let me tell you, the dream killers are all about waiting. But you know what? Have no fear. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is the dream killers cannot step into the realm of the supernatural. They cannot. They cannot compete with the power of the supernatural God. So for me to fulfill my assignment, I have to remain in the supernatural realm of God. I have to work with the kingdom principles of God so I can push back the unnecessary dross of this world that will come against me. And it will. It will. Each of you have stories. If you want to be inspired, we can share some of our stories of how we've had to push through unimaginable things that have happened. But because we knew the dream, because we believed God, and we had to fight to believe in ourselves, we were able to come through the other side. Amen. God will do what he did with Joseph, what he has done through us, what he is doing through you. He will complete the good work that he has begun. Amen. But we've got to keep our hearts right. We've got to keep our focus right. And this year, church, we're going to focus in on that and allow God to do. Last night, I had a strange dream, and I know this is not because I had biryani. And it's not because I was anxious. But I dreamt of life, and I had this recurring dream. It was wonderful, so I said, play on. <laughs> it was of us being in a massive room, an auditorium, and there were some people, and then more people came. And then there was another service, and then more people came. And there was me as a pastor, getting anxious. Oh, there were so few people. Now there are more people, and more people were coming, and more people were coming. And it came to a point where there were so many people in this auditorium. And we were ministering, and worshipping, and preaching. And there was a bit of anxiety because this was way beyond you know, what was happening and there were logistical problems of where did the people sit and what happens and how does this happen? And all this was happening, but I was saying, play on, play on, play on, because that's been our dream, that we would be a group of people here, not the only, but one of them in the city that will influence the lives of people, that God would use us, that God would flow through us, through all our inadequacies, we would stand strong 
and continue to believe that it is possible in and through us. As I know God will do it through many other people as well. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to give up on what God has promised he will do. I will not despise the day of small beginning. I will not despise the time where it is time to sow. Because in due season, everybody say due season. Due season. You will reap a harvest. Amen. God is the Lord of the harvest. I can't determine when. But I am the Lord of the seed. When I sow my seed in good soil, I connect with the Lord of the harvest. And in due season, the Lord of the harvest will bring forth a great harvest hundredfold. Amen.